Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Samawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Joining us today is Christopher Kingman, the Director of International Enablement for TransUnion. Chris has extensive sales enablement experience in training and mentoring, increasing seller efficiency, and problem solving to increase sales productivity. Chris, in your opinion, what does the optimal sales enablement organizational structure look like? Who and what have you found ideally to report into? And how have you found it ideal to have the team structured? So I think um, optimally it should report into either an operational function or a sales function, Um, either an executive sales leader. So um, somebody who oversees an entire organization versus uh, a portion of it. That way they can sort of, sort of make sure that your, your activities, your interests represent the entire organization. Um, it's easy to sort of get it skewed or, you know, if it reports into arbitrarily like marketing. Um, I, I just don't think it should report into marketing because it can sort of skew towards representing and enforcing marketing-based initiatives, right, versus all sales is what we do. Um, anything in that structure is fine. It, I just think it needs to be sort of, um, I guess it would be organizational independent, but a director or higher, depending on the size of your org, right? VPs, et cetera. So I report now into the VP of sales, uh, sales strategy and ops. And so we cover all international sales period. And so that's sort of a great place to sit, right? That way I, all of my action is in the name of revenue attainment globally. Um, after that, I think you can, it, it's up to the organization, but anything that is sales supporting uh, should, should and can report to enablement. It's up to, um, you know, the organization what does. For example, sales comp, I don't think is a sales enablement function, just don't, but it does uh, at TransUnion, reports up to um, the, the corporate sales strategy and operations. I think you don't have, you know, a customer service comp person, you just have people that do payroll. So sales comp should just roll into that, in my opinion. Everything else um, largely can or should report up into um, sales enablement. The only other thing I would think is customer service, and that's if you have um, B2B and B2C, or if you service end users in some way, I think that can sit outside, warrants its own thing as well. I've seen I've seen it roll up under support or excuse me enablement and and not and I don't have a preference. Um, actually, I do have a preference. I I wouldn't want it under my organization just because I don't want to deal with it. Um, but other than that, I think it's fine. I think it's it's you know technology uh, support, you know QA training, training and development, sales readiness. All of those are are core aspects. Everything else is is negligible, and I think you can make the argument if it's in the support or development or or, or along the lines of revenue attainment, enablement could have even a dotted line to it. Interesting. And as you mentioned, you're currently responsible for international enablement. So tell us a little bit about this role and some of the areas that are um, unique to sales enablement practitioners that actually have a global scope the way you do. Sure. Um, so my role focuses on aligning both in region. um, So TransUnion has sort of, you know, we have the umbrella, we have international, we have US, and then we actually have healthcare as a separate one. Um, So my role oversees the international um, 
portion. And basically what I do is align both regional and corporate resources to meet both the individual sellers and the global revenue goals. I, w I work with the executive leadership within these regions or countries to identify the roadblocks to revenue attainment. And then I align their resources, corporate or US-based resources, and then we self-source or I build a lot of things to solve these problems. Um, my scope really just spans the entire organization and frequently uh, the challenges that we see I sort of uh, involve me as I talked about breaking down these silos because um, it that problem it, it it's just the norm it's not even a I wouldn't call it a problem it's the norm right it's what everybody's used to is I work in this little bubble here and Shauna works in this little bubble here and I don't really need to consult with her because this is my bubble um, and that's a lot of my job is just um, you know, going in, acting as an internal consultant, learning about all of these challenges, and then sort of bringing everybody to the table, bringing best practices or really what works even from any other region or U.S. or we, you know, design a hybrid model. Um, I would say, you know, what's unique to me, um, every region has their own instance of Salesforce, so I have to sort of work with that. They have their own billing systems. They have their own... Um, Sales cycles, they have their own products. So we have uh, a crazy amount of products within every region. Um, so it's sort of understanding markets and trends um, and then understanding sort of within each market, all of the pressures. So for example, I'm in the UK. I've been involved in the UK since uh, for about six, seven months now. GDPR is a massive pressure here. It's impacting everything. Every decision we make, every and not just with customers, but integration, right? So US company buys a UK company. So a lot of, there's a lot of things that we have to be cautious of. And then you have the Brexit, which is just sort of hovering over everything that we do. Um, and so it's, the interesting thing is, is I, I go to regions, they all have similar challenges, you know, our pricing's messed up or our contracts are bad or our CRM is this or sellers can't do that. Um, but it's sort of the individual, fixes are all unique and bespoke sometimes, but they all draw upon experiences from everywhere else. That's very cool. You mentioned um, being kind of an internal consultant. Um, how do you go about, and, and I recall you speaking about this at Forrester, how do you go about breaking down some of those barriers um, with the, the folks that you're working with internally? So I do have the very businessy approach to it. Um, but when I was in the US, I did the same function. And I really just like to ask two questions to a lot of people um, and it's it's sort of disarming especially when you go into a country and they don't know you and you know um, or here it's it's a, such a recent acquisition that you know morale is a little shaky um, I like to ask people what sucks what sucks about your job what sucks you know about your work what's impacting you um, it's a great way to get a laugh out of somebody it's very it's very disarming you know they're like, wait a minute you know um, I certainly don't come in in a suit and tie. I mean, I'm wearing a t-shirt right now, but um, I like to ask that question because it just takes a weight off of people. They really unload to you, um, especially if you've asked them that question like three times in six months and they know they can, you, they can just, oh, this is so awful. And they just word vomit on you. Here's, here's everything that's wrong or here's the challenges that I'm facing. And it's great to hear it from one person, but What's really great about asking that question is you consistently will get a lot of the same answers just in different people's voices. And um, you sort of, you know, 
you take anecdotal, you take uh, subjective information or qualitative information, you then quantify it and put some scores to it and, um, you know, prioritize it and rank it. And suddenly you have a list of uh, very real problems that are impacting your business that are really weighing on your people um, enough for them to tell you that this is why their job sucks or I could be so much more successful if this would go away. And it could be, um, the interesting thing is, is it could be, you know, just the language, the legalese and a contract is just not, it's not conducive to, to renegotiating terms. You would never think that, you know, if you didn't know any better, you would never think that's a real issue or it's an impactful issue. But then when you dig in and you talk to two or three people and they're like, for me to get two contracts out in a day, I have to take all day to do it. Suddenly that's a very big issue or suddenly that's a, well, wait a minute, what do you mean? And you go down these rabbit holes with these people and then you start going to department to department, you start peeling back the onion. You realize there's some major challenges here. There's some, you know, major issues going on, or there's a, you know, systemic challenge or process or problem that now we have to go prioritize and tackle. We got to bring in resources. And um, it's just, it's easier to get to that by just sitting down and talking, you know, person to person than, fill out this questionnaire or um, anything else that, you know, maybe a, a consulting firm would come in and formally approach you and, you know, ask you a bunch of questions. And, and the second question I ask is, well, what would make this better? You know, if you had a, I like to say, if you had a magic lamp and you rubbed it and, you know, what would make this better? What would make it go away? People tend to have the answers to the problems. Um, it's just, you know, it gets lost. It always gets lost or people feel like no one listens to them or, um, you know, well, I'm just a sales guy. Nobody cares, you know, what I have to say. And the reality is, is that your people always have the answers to your challenges. You just have to, you have to get it out of them. You have to make an environment where they're empowered to share that with you or, or you know, capable of even sharing it with you or, um, you know, willing to or, or motivated to. And, and I found just this overly simplistic approach um, has gotten me to, you know, unearth a lot of the challenges that really impact their business. Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.